Jesus frequently uses parables to teach ordinary people as they are able to hear and understand. And images of sowing and growing show the vitality of God's kingdom. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark in the fourth chapter. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows he knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown... It grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the gospel of the Lord. I was thinking uh, about seed planting and, and all that kind of stuff, and I started thinking about Emmanuel. And uh, it never ceases to amaze me what has happened here in a very short time. Uh, and, and all the development that's taken place in here and from, from destruction to construction and all the creativity that's gone in here, generosity from people, people willing to, to donate time and, uh, and everything, for this all to come to place, uh, to, or, yeah, to come into being. And so we got all this stuff, and I'm just, you know, it's amazing how much work has been done to make this happen. And we're not done, because now we're going to get the space on the other side where the nail shop is. You know, it's about twice this space. And so there's going to be more destruction and more construction, more creativity going on and decisions to make about things. And the work just keeps going on. And uh, I think, you know, it's amazing. What's really amazing is realizing, first of all, that it's not really us that did all this, that it's really God's work. How many things that over these last few months uh, have just fallen into place. They just kind of happen the right way. And how many things, you know, opportunities has God given, like all of a sudden somebody coming to you and saying, hey, would you like to, to uh, help take a lead in uh, running the Outback program since the school system's not going to do it anymore? Uh, put right in our laps, or that space being offered to us, you know, things just happening. And, and it's so clear to me that what's happening here is God's doing. It's our hands, our feet, our time and energy, but it's God that's doing everything that's here, not us. It's like the theme, our hands, but it's God's work. And I think the, the gospel lesson today is a good example because Jesus uses the image of a seed. We know what it means to plant a seed. We know we can count on certain things happening. So if we plant a seed and if we water it 
and give it light and the right kinds of growing conditions, the right kind of soil. And if we're planting like in a whole field, like on a farm, you know, you're, what happens is dependent a lot on weather patterns. So, you, you know, you're kind of concerned about that. Uh, we know what happens. And we know what we need to do to give it the chance to happen. <coughs> but we don't know how it happens. We don't know why all of a sudden that sprout germinates, what force it is that takes place to make that happen. Or like babies, we know that a seed is planted and then starts a process that we know what happens. And we know how cell division works. And we know that the specialization of cells is controlled by the DNA that's there. We know all that kind of stuff, and we can describe it. But we can't make it happen. We can't explain the force that actually causes all that stuff to take place. God has put from the beginning of creation when, he, when things were created by a word and all the way in between until you get to the end when it's all, all going to end by a word, everything in there is what God has put into place. And we don't understand how it all works. Even gravity, we know how to use gravity. We know how, at least in some limited way, to break its grip. But we don't know why it is that that happened. Oh, it probably has something to do with mass and you know whatever. Any scientist would probably understand that. But why is it that that would have anything to do with it? Why is that something that holds us down here? We can't make it happen. All the forces of nature, we know how to harness a lot of it. We know how to use it. We don't know why it is the way it is. It just is. Why? It's because God did it. It's all God's work. Everything from the beginning all the way to the end. It's God's work. We just know how to use a lot of it. But what happens so often is that when we see God doing something, and like building the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God in this place here right now at Emmanuel, that's God's work. It's been done. Even though we're doing a lot of work and making sacrifices and spending time and stuff like that, God's the one that's established his kingdom in this place. And it's his responsibility to grow it. <coughs> but he uses our hands and our feet. But so often, there's the danger that we start to think, that it's about us. That we have done this. After all, doesn't dedication plus hard work equal success? Isn't that our basic philosophy? You work hard, you're successful. If you really work at something and dedicate yourself to it, it's going to happen. And you don't get something that you don't work for. Now, it's not always true. The world's kind of getting turned upside down that way, it seems like. But basically, you get what you deserve. You get what you work for. And so, and then we can say, yeah, I, you know, I did that. I worked hard for that, and I got it. And that's part of our American culture. 
is to feel that way. <coughs> it's kind of like the farmer who bought this piece of land and it was rugged, overgrown, you know, not uh, uneven and everything else. And so he gets this piece of land and he puts a fence around it and he gets a bush hog in there and he goes and he gets rid of all the underbrush and everything. And then he goes and digs out all the rocks and piles up up and then he plows it, tills it, fertilizes it, and plows it and tills it again and gets a nice field and he, he plants a seed in there and after time up comes this beautiful stand of wheat and you know, you can, I mean, you can picture this, the gentle breeze and it's all, you know, how it does, ripples across the wheat field like that and did all that stuff and it's just beautiful. And a friend of his walks by and says, you really got a beautiful stand of wheat here. And, uh, and the farmer says, well, thank you very much. And, and, and his friend says, you know, God has really blessed you on this land and really blessed this land. And the farmer says, yeah, well, you should have seen it when God had it by himself. <laughs> okay, like the farmer really had something to do with this. Well, God's the one that made it all happen. All right, the farmer did the work, but it was God's land and it was God that made the, the, the wheat grow. Okay, is not the farm. But it's so easy for us to, to put ourselves at the center of everything. And we try to do that, and, and somehow God starts to get shoved into the back. But it's always, always God's work. When God builds his kingdom, it's what he does. Like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man that sows seed, and he he sleeps and rises, sleeps and rises day after day, and the seed sprouts, and he doesn't know how. God did. Well, you know, we sleep and rise and sleep and rise day after day, and we work and we do our stuff, but it's God that builds the kingdom. And when he built the kingdom in this place, he started first with you. He started with you. He planted a seed in your heart. That seed might have come when you were baptized, and that seed was planted. And then over the years, you grew in your faith, and you grew in your understanding, and you came to know Christ, and you maybe went through ups and downs and hard times, but you learned something from all those because those became growing opportunities. And you got to the point where you're at right now, and God is the one that planted that seed and has nurtured it and, got, and used whatever means, you know, the church, your parents, whatever, to get you where you're at today. Or it may be the seed was planted later in life for you, not at your baptism. Maybe you, you were going through life and, and all of a sudden it just you know, seemed to be falling apart and you got to thinking, you know, what's going on? Where am I going? I don't know where my life's leading me. I can't handle this anymore. I can't do with it. And somehow God gets in your face some way, you know, somehow by somebody and that seed is planted and then that seed is nurtured and maybe got you to where you're at today. But you are here as a child of God because of stuff that God did and a seed he planted in you. And why did he pick you? Was it, was it because of the way you looked or because there was something so special about the way you were that he wanted you to be his child? And he said, oh, this person deserves to be a child. That had nothing to do with it. He chose you because he created you. He created you. He chose the combination that took place at conception to make you you. And, 
and he created you, and he just loves you. That's it. He just loves you, and he made you a part of his kingdom, and it's not just that you're a citizen of the kingdom, but you're his child. That's where building the kingdom of God starts. It started in your heart because he loves you. And then as that love in you starts to grow and grow and it gets bigger and bigger and finally it starts to spill out and it starts to touch the lives of people around you, that's how God plants the seed in other people. And then God nurtures it somehow. He may use you. He may use others here. He may not. He may use somebody entirely different than us to nurture that seed. But he will use you to plant the seed and expand his kingdom. That's what Emmanuel is here for, is to plant seed. It's not up to us to make it bear fruit. Remember, he uses our hands and feet, but it's God's work to work. We are responsible to plant the seed. That's how the kingdom of God gets built up. And so we plant the seed. We don't need to plant it here. (laughs) It's already been planted here. We need to plant it out there where it's not planted and try and find ways to plant it. Or maybe it's already planted and we become the nurturers. But whatever, we just follow God's lead. I suppose maybe a, a good way to end this sermon is to go way back all the way to the beginning. Back to Genesis 2. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east. Okay, now notice it's God that did it. Okay. There he put the man that he had formed. God did it. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. God's doing it. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God did it. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. For what purpose? To work it and to take care of it. God did it all. He just put the man there to take care of it and to work it. God has built the kingdom here at Emmanuel. And he's put us here to work it and to take care of it. But we must never forget, ever, that it's God's work.